Salaam and hello everyone. Thank you for an incredible 2023. Before we let you go for the holidays, would you give us a gift? Would you like, subscribe, or share the show? Everything we do really depends on our beautiful listeners, and you have created such an incredible year for us. Every comment, every like, every engagement has meant the world to me and to the team. So as we go into 2024, we would love it if you would take a moment, go onto Spotify, Apple, wherever you consume the content, like it, follow it, and then please share it. Hit that little share arrow, send it to your cousins, send it to your friends, to, to your moms, to your kids. Share the show with them. It means the world. It makes all the difference for us. And as you go into the holidays, we wish you peace, we wish you joy, and we wish you abundant love from the entire Salam and Hello family. Ajuma, if you're going, it's better we turn around and leave. They, we are not, I'm like, these other, you know, they're supposed to, if they, if they don't get me, they're supposed to shoot other models sure. or find somebody else. They were like, no, 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 no. You are exactly what we are looking for, right? Just you, the way you are, everything about you is what we are looking for. And it's not, it's impossible for us to find somebody else like mm. you, right? Did you believe that? Oh my gosh. I was confused. <laughs> oh wow. I can feel even now, many years later, how much that must have been. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. I was so confused. And um I was like, oh, okay, this is too much. All of a sudden there's this flood of Ajuma is beautiful, Ajuma, you're the, the only thing, or you're everything we're looking for, and all this kind of oh my gosh. It was a lot and very confusing. Salam and hello everyone. My name is Lily Batella Piper and welcome to the show. So let me tell you a little story today. Story time with your friend Lily. When I was a child, I thought for sure my life was destined for the big stage. And by the big stage, I mean the catwalk. I covered my walls growing up with posters of models. Of course, Naomi Campbell. At the time, it was also like Christy Teigen. You know, and I was an immigrant kid growing up in the U.S. And these were some of the people that I would look to, specifically Naomi Campbell, for sure. But then, you know, as the years went on, there were more and more models coming out of the continent and out of Ethiopia, my home country in particular. And Iman, of course, oh my gosh, how can I forget? Iman was just like the epitome of beauty. So I got to high school and my modeling dreams had not yet been achieved. If you've been watching me for some time, you can you know I have the height, but I also have some hips. <laughs> so modeling was not in my future. But my last year of high school, I won our school pageant. I'm really telling you a story today. I won my school pageant. It was the Miss Riverside competition. And when you win the pageant, you get a modeling scholarship. That was my chance. I took about six or seven weeks of modeling classes. At the end, we had a big show. I walked the runway. And at the ripe age of 18, I retired from the world of modeling. <laughs> but I have continued to be fascinated by fashion. I love fashion. I love consuming it. Um, my husband would tell you that I have a problem buying it. But, you know, fashion inspires us. It's a place where we get to express ourselves, our identities, our cultures, our home, our personalities. It's a fun way to play and amidst the many different ways in which we move in the world. So a few weeks ago, I attended Little Gig Lamu, which is a wonderful collective of creators and thinkers who gathered in Lamu to hear the stories and experience the artistry of people from many different disciplines. And at that event was the beautiful and brilliant Ajuma Nasanyina. Many of you know Ajuma. She has been a model at the global level for many years. She has walked for brands like Fendi, Victoria's Secret, Vivian Westwood, Ferragamo, um, Cavalli, Lacoste. She is a well-known entity. And her beauty and her brilliance has captivated the minds and I'm sure the walls and the posters of many other young people across the world. Ajuma is also a philanthropist and she is finding wonderful ways to give back and stay connected to her home and her community in Turkana and to Kenya more broadly as well. When we were at Little Gig, we had a chance to just talk and I had a chance to hear a bit more about her story, her work, and I just knew, I was hoping that she would be 
gracious enough to join us on the show. So I am delighted today that Ajuma has joined us, and it is just my pleasure to welcome her to the show. So Karibu Ajuma. Thank you so much, Lily. So was, nice to see you again. So nice we to be together. We had such a fantastic time. We had too much fun in Lamu. <laughs> Take me back is what I, I want know, to say. Right? It was really nice. <laughs> was Everybody amazing. was so amazing. And of course, you as well. Oh, so happy to have met you. Good time. A lot of like-minded spirits and like-minded people there, mm-hmm. which was really, really beautiful. It was, it was. So, Juma, you know, we were talking before you arrived. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my producers, Becky, was saying she grew up with your face and seeing you and watching you. And so for many people across the world, you Mm -hmm. have been such a representation of beauty and elegance and grace. So tell us, how did you get started into this world of fashion and beauty? Modeling and fashion. Okay, it wasn't something I thought I could do or even imagined I could ever do. Because growing up, of course, I wasn't the typical beautiful um, standards or criterias of um, like uh, maybe I can say within my um, my within my vicinity, mm. which is of course my village where I went to school, Kenya. Let's say Kenya. I wasn't the standard of beauty, and that was made very known to me mm. from you know, externally, right? From maybe bullying from i don't know teasing you know and then and then even to make it worse it was also coming from adults as well mm. like you know so you know when it comes from an adult who is supposed to be encouraging you supporting you you know sure. loving and things like this it's like it's like the nail on the coffin mm. you know so it's it's it makes you believe it that you're not beautiful or you know or something like that and so what for was me- the teasing about was it just you're too tall, you're no, too thin. No, dark, my, mm. my darkness that mm. I was, I mean, I can, yeah, I am, I mean, I am like one of the darkest um, Kenyans because there was, oh, you're Sudanese and so on. I am one of the darkest Kenyans you can get, maybe. I'm on the lower, I mean, the darker skin tone of Kenyans. Mm. And yeah, so it was like maybe in school, kids calling me, you know, monkey or charcoal or mm. darkness and, you know, even nigger, negro, you know, it's like, ugh, because the thing is that the, the, what can I say? The, the projection of like, you know, back in the day from the colonial days of a negro or a nigger was a very negative one, you mm. know, the narrative of a Negro or a nigger was a very negative one. So the kids, like maybe, you know, us black people adapted it. I think we had a discussion about this with a Tsitsi in Lamu, yeah. and she gave me a very good term for it, negrophobia. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I felt like, of course, we adapted it in a way that we feel like the lighter skin you are, the more superior you are to the darker person. And of course, I laid down there, <laughs> one of the darkest people. Yeah. So I'm the one who got all the brunt of all the my lighter skin friends and family. So at what point did that change for you? When did it change? It didn't. I coped. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Let me just touch you because isn't that the truth for so yeah, I mean, many of us? I mean, as a child, yeah. you don't know what to do. You find ways coping i got coping mechanisms and that no it made me fear actually even it made me paranoid and fear of going out in crowds because people somebody might laugh at me you know it it mm. really took over me it con- completely co- consumed me you know mm. like i shouldn't even be out in in crowds and like this because people are going to mm. think i'm i'm ugly or i don't look good and things like this to the point where i got social anxiety now i can i I recognize it now as Mm. social anxiety and it was i thought i I think it was severe but i didn't understand nobody could understand i can't even my parents couldn't can't even fathom Mm. the you know the the, what i was going through at the time and i'm a child i can't explain it so i got i really got um yeah i think my probably i developed social anxiety at that point i'm sorry i don't yeah i don't want Mm. to be like around people or i want to walk in the sun because the sun is gonna make me seem a bit lighter you know this Mm. makes you paranoid Mm. and things like that so yeah i really struggled with that yeah so that's your growing up years is this into high school or so so um, that was growing up, and of course, it was always that that dark, that monster was always there with me. Now it's stuck. I mean, it's stuck with me. I still struggle with it sometimes, mm. even to date. Um, so that thing was always 
kept on. So when it got to high school, that is when now I got the coping mechanism. So yes, I was being teased, but I became a superb sportswoman. <laughs> I was an amazing sportswoman. I I like I, I was a captain of all like hockey team, um, the netball team, um, rounders. I was just the cap. I mean the captain of all those teams. And then I was also an athlete. In my school, I just like won every single athletic race. <laughs> so I became this little yeah. famous girl in school, which sort of, um, what do you call it? Drowned the teasing and, and the commotion about my appearance and all these kind of things. You know, the focus went away from my appearance to this athletic hmm. girl. And then from that, I became like, not a bully. I became like a protector in a way because I became like um, tomboyish. Yeah. A bit rough, but not in like not like in a in an aggressive way. I was, you know, I played with the boys and all these kind of things. So they always called me the tomboy and things like this. When I saw a bully bullying a child, I would go and stand. So the bully thought I was the bully, right? Yeah, so yeah. that is how I went around. I mean, that's how I navigated my school, um, my school um life, um, school school years. But then when it came, of course, to you know, those things, when it came to beauty, you know, boys like hitting on girls and things like this it never happened to me. <laughs> so those are the kind of things that, you yeah. know, it never happened to me because still I'm dark and ugly. I don't, even though I'm, I'm a famous runner or sports person, they, there was still that perspective and narrative that the children's, you know, had been, had been like, you know, ha having their yeah. minds where the lighter skin is more beautiful. So when it came to beauty and appearance, of course, that was, I wasn't, in that category. Yes. Mm. No, I really appreciate you sharing because, you know, so many of us have had experiences, but haven't maybe taken the time to reflect how it shows up mm. today in our lives. I know, yeah. And I appreciate you just, just sharing that openly because yeah. it's important for us to examine who are we on that playground? Mm. You know, are we the bully? Are we the teaser? Are we the person who's silent, <laughs> yes. just watching it happen to mm. somebody else? You know, even as adults, we have been in those social settings true, true, true. where that behavior mm -hmm. persists. Mm -hmm. Was there a point for you? Because I've read about your athleticism and you were a champion. Was it in four by 400 four? Meters. 400 meters. Yes, yeah. yes. So you see, my coping mechanism made me <laughs> a Kenyan champion. <laughs> so right. the teasing got me a, a coping mechanism that made me a Kenyan champion. I love it. I love it. Listen, <laughs> you're not just one, you're not one dimensional. You're multi-dimensional for sure. <laughs> Um, so you're a sports person, you've mm -hmm. established yourself in that, you had a reputation, I heard even a national reputation, other coaches were watching you, what you could do. At what point does fashion or modeling now become a part of your story? We had um, visitors from America who visited our school and they worked with the Operation Smile. And of course, they came to engage the, of course, the students with the, their project, like going to hospitals and playing with okay. the children that had just been operated mm. or uh, or entertaining the kids who are just about to get into theater. And of course, I was frontline <laughs> of that. And um, so we did a talent show for them. And somebody to told me, oh, my God, you are beautiful. You can act. You can be a model, an international model. They are not because they are from America. Sure. Now they are talking from the perspective of the international standard. So I was just like, huh? <laughs> like... Amajuma, the, no, the runner. Almost, almost <laughs> sort of, even with a feeling a little bit offended mm. that she actually dared tell me I'm beautiful because that is something, you know, it's like, is it, are you, freak, sorry, are you trying to, you know, mm. are you, are you like patronizing me yeah. or something, right? So it kind of, it came out like a little bit of anger in a way by hearing that I'm beautiful the first time. For the first time, it came mm. out as a bit of anger. Now, then that ended, but then there was, there was some, a little shift in my mind, like a little seed had been planted mm. somehow. Anyways, I went and started my athletics because I came, I, I had, I was, um, like I said, I was a very good athlete. So there was also like coach Hardy, which was, um, Kip Kano's coach, one of the first, um, Olympic champions in Kenya. Okay. Yeah. Kipchoge Kano. Yes. Actually. Yeah, he came, he was invited to one of our sports day in school. He saw me running, he's like, whoa, that child, I would love to like um, have her Amazing. for, for um, you know, scholarship. She's very, that's, that's a very talented child. And he, we need to look into her. So she told, he told Kipchoge Kano that. And then he's like, okay, let her finish her school. And then 
you need to like um, absorb her, like bring her into the camp. Wow. And we train her and see what kind of potential she has because I would like to give her a scholarship to Virginia Military Academy. And that was, it used to be for men, but they were going to open now the first one for women. And I was going to be one of the first, um, wow. one of the first ones to be taken there. For so nothing. did you actually end up competing at this point, yeah. international so, anywhere or for Kenya? Anyways, mm. so now I continued in the end. I did compete. I qualified for the junior because I was still a okay, junior. Okay. I qualified for the for the junior national championships. Okay. And I actually became the national champion in hey, 400 meters. Fantastic. I know. It was All of that was not from nothing. the back of the pack to the front of the <laughs> hey, pack. And go. then, you know, Kalinjins, yeah. eh? they live, they, they have the right, um, what do you call it, climate and um altitude and everything like that. So they're very, very strong and powerful, mm. but I did it. Well done. Yes. <laughs> well done. It's interesting because it's almost like this whole running thing is a metaphor for your life in some ways. Mm. I mean, you have been on this path since you were young, taking you somewhere. Mm -hmm. You have been chased, you know, your potential, your talent, true. I think has been chasing you Yeah, because you true, could do true, so true. many different mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. You train for this year, you win a mm -hmm. national championship. When does modeling show up? At this point, are you, were you even thinking that running is going to be your future? Yeah, or? so that's it. The, the thing is that with running, I had the talent, but not the passion, unfortunately, mm. which I can say honestly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I had the, the so it, it, it was more of a peer pressure, pressure from family, pressure from friends, pressure sure, from sure. coaches, pressure from everywhere. So it wasn't actually me. Hmm. It wasn't inside of me. So I struggled with it quite a bit mentally as well. And, you know, when you're not passionate about something, you, you know, you just, you're not motivated to do it. But I, the talent was just there. That's the thing. Yeah. I was just yeah. talented and it was mm. amazing. But, you know, you, you took know? it, it seems like, as far as you could take I it did. without that passion. But No, but the thing is that if modeling didn't show up, I would have still continued running. Yeah. And I was just saying, you know what? I'm going to continue and find the passion ukombele in front. <laughs> it will come. <laughs> I will meet the passion. It will come. <laughs> no, I think it was just the first year yeah. and how intense and painful it was. Probably that is what made me withdraw. Yeah. from athletics mm. i think that was but I, I i think that's actually i, I really love what, how, what you've said because mm. you do i do meet a lot of young people who mm. feel as though in life they're gonna find be able to make a vocation mm. out of their passion mm. and sometimes that doesn't happen mm -hmm. sometimes you do just have to follow the path until the right intersection of your passion yes. and talents comes mm. and it may come quick it might take some time yeah yeah so when did now you actually take a leap into when did those seeds that were planted okay. about fashion and modeling mm. actually bloom into reality for you? Um, there was a Miss Tourism something. Somebody tried to push me to do Miss Tourism as well, which I did because I was in Nairobi at the time. I went and competed. Now, because the seeds have been planted somewhere, yeah, somewhere I'm, I'm, starting, to it. Yeah. I'm starting to like, you know, mm -hmm. become a little bit more soft to the idea somehow, even yeah. though it's scary. I don't believe I'm, I am beautiful at this point, but... I'm just like, okay, I don't know what I felt. Why did I do that, actually? Why did I go for mysterism? I have no idea. Because I... But you... I have no you, idea. How did you do? Did you win? No, but I mean, I don't know. I, I was just like, okay, maybe it was me starting to face this shadow hmm. or dark thing or this negative... Um, um, narrative about my mm. my appearance or mm. and so on so i think this was at that point i was starting to like become devious maybe to myself and mm. that monster inside of me okay. so that's i think that is why i i think that is the reason why i went actually and competed for miss tourism so i did go i competed for miss tourism and i was miss nairobi Right okay. or something, yeah, but I think I was, that's, uh, what I, that's what I read also. Yeah, I was representing. <laughs> I was representing. I was representing Turkana though. So let me tell you what happened in this Miss um, okay. Tourism thing. In the competition, every time I came out, the crowd stood up and oh. screamed and screamed and screamed. Then I left. They sit down and keep quiet. The girls just keep coming. They keep coming. When I come again, there's an like an uproar. You know, every time I came out, in the end. People were so upset that I did not win. Hmm. 
Mm. Can you imagine? Yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to get drunk now. Whoa, whoa, can you do that? Because they still felt like there was this thing where they were pushing the lighter skin. They felt like they're picking these girls because they're light-skinned. And I was just as beautiful mm. or even maybe even more. I yeah. don't know. It's just they yeah. can't they can't think outside the box. That's what people felt. And they were very upset about it. So instead of me because being Miss Trukana, they made me the third runner-up in order to at least recognize uh, recognize yeah, the people huh, the crowd yeah. the, the best the, the, the girl that the crowd supported so i became number 3 and then there was number 2 and number 1 which went out into the international world to represent kenya and so on yeah but i felt like that that people at that point were not really ready to think outside the box and pick a dark yeah, skin. Yeah, but like, did that signal to you, though? Yes. I, hey, those things were true. That, those yeah, things were true. all of a sudden, people are, like, standing and screaming. I was like, ah, okay. I started, like, feeling like a little queen somehow <laughs> for, for a moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did that pageant give you now the connections to the modeling industry? Did so you now, scouted from at that, that point? From that point, I was on the newspapers, Miss Nairobi, and then I was spotted by... Now Lindsay McIntyre, who was cast, who was um, scouting for Ford Models at the time, Ford Models was the biggest agency in the world at the yeah. time. She managed to track me down. She was like, "Ajuma, I think you can be a model, an international model." At this point, of course, I've been fed little. little um, 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 this is when now the cognitive dissonance was real. Mm. I was mm. like, "No, I don't think you know." Um, first of all, I I, I don't believe I can be. Of international standards. Yes, the Kenyans have been screaming during Miss Tourism, whatever, and I won Miss Nairobi, but I don't believe, I'm still not, my head is still not there mm. where I think that I can make it internationally. So I just thought, ah, oh, okay, I uh, don't know. I'm going for my athletic scholarship because at that point I was actually okay. preparing to go for my athletic scholarship to the US. in Virginia. Yes, because okay. I had won the national right. champions and things right. like that. And um, I was just making, um, working on my paperwork and just, you know, navigating. Sure through that so I was like I can't I'm going for athletics and so on and then she she was like oh my gosh they even photographers I mean I've sent your picture to Ford and things like this they really really want you and they asked me to come and you know find you or or she, she scouted me she, she took pictures of me sent them to Ford models Ford models said this is the girl we want mm. we want this girl you're right so I was like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, I was very still not okay with the idea. Are you talking to people during this process? Your mom? No, I'm not. My gosh, they or... won't even understand. No. First of all, I'm even scared. They might start laughing. If I tell my friends, they'll just laugh about it. Like, you? Mom? I know. You know, they'll be like, ah, Pana, no, 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 no. You know, I think they would. Yeah. I was scared of their, their, their negative um. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, Feedback. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even talk to my mother about it. I didn't talk to uh, my friends or and anyone about it. And what convinced you to finally take her seriously and to So anyways, agree. she told me there's photographers because she had sent and there's now photographers who are coming from um, Paris and they're okay. looking for a model to shoot. And she has sent my pictures and those photographers have said, we would love to shoot her, mm. right? And I've never done a photo shoot in my life. <laughs> never. I don't even know what goes into a shoot. So I was like, no, I can't. And then it happened to, by coincidence, the, those guys, the photographers were landing and I was taking off okay. around within the same time, mm. right? So she told me, Ajuma, do me a favor. They are landing and you'll be at the airport at the time. Meet them. No uh, way. Yeah, just, meet them out, just meet them in the airport and just make connections. You don't know because you're flying out anyways. In the Western world, you can meet or something yeah. like this and you never know, right? So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Because I'd already refused. I would say I had made I had. This made is so interesting because, again, something is chasing you. Yeah, it's so weird. Because <laughs> you're even saying no. And the person to say, <laughs> just meet at the airport yeah. is really, that does not happen. So I was like, okay. And by coincidence, how is it that our flights are, you know, yeah. around the same time, hmm. right? Um, so I was like, yeah, whatever. I started to feel guilty in a way that, okay, I started ask, questioning myself, what if I'm losing an opportunity here and things like this? Of course, just because I don't believe mm -hmm. I am good enough or something. I mean, that, those thoughts were going in, through my mind and I started feeling a bit, you know, and then she was also pressuring me about it. 
I was feeling like I'm disappointing her at the same time. But I decided, okay, fine, I'll meet them, but I'm not staying. I'm <laughs> leaving. So I met these guys. They saw me. They were like, Ajuma, if you're going, it's better we turn around and leave. They, we are not, I'm like, these other, you know, they're supposed to, if they, if they don't get me, they're supposed to shoot other models sure. or find somebody else. They were like, no, 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 no. You are exactly what we are looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Just you, the way you are, everything about you is what we are looking for. And it's not, it's impossible for us to find somebody else like mm -hmm. you, right? Did you believe that? Oh my gosh. I was confused. <laughs> Oh, wow. I can feel even now, many years later, how much that must have... <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. I was so confused. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is too much. All of a sudden, there's this flood of Ajuma is beautiful. Ajuma, you're the, the only thing or you're everything mm -hmm. we're looking for and all this kind of... Oh, my gosh. It was a lot and very confusing. Even with the lights, the makeup, the stars, all these mm, things that were not familiar. Did you feel something natural click in you? Me, yeah, me, myself. Yeah. That, I don't know. Yeah. Even I don't know. I should sit up a little differently even <laughs> I'm watching you. There was but, just something yeah. inside of so me. So something did click. Yeah, there yeah. was something. There was just something inside of me that um, <sighs> raised. Mm. There, was, there was something arising inside of me to this more confidence mm. and um, feeling more connected with myself. Yeah. And powerful. There's a power that rose inside of me. Um, what else? I don't know. There was just, I, 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 it's like I came home to myself somehow. You know, there was that thing. I was like, <sighs> I just felt like, okay, it's, it is there. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, I did feel you like get to see there. those images that they took yes, of you? Yes, I did. What did, you, what did you feel when you saw those images? <laughs> I was like, ooh, she's pretty. <laughs> I love it. Who did you share them with first? Did you get, who was the first person you wanted to see what you saw? Oh, my mother. Yeah, my mother, my family, my grandma. But my grandma couldn't understand. She was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's all she said. <laughs> she said. I can't even, as in trying to explain to her, what am I doing? What is my, what am right. I doing there? Who took the picture or what am I doing? Till today, I don't even know how to explain to my grandma. Yeah. 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 Because so, models are born. How do you explain it? It's, yeah. it's just who I am. So, yeah, I was like, wow. What did you, what did you remember your, maybe your mom or some of your closest family saying to you when they saw those images? You know, as Rukanas, we don't um, express things to each other. You know, that is how we are. I mean, we are hardcore. We don't really have that relationship of, you know, um, what do you call it? Expressing mm. and, mm. what can I say? Emotional expression and all these kind of things. We don't do that. Yeah. But I could just see the smiles. I could tell from the smiles and, yeah. and the eyes. I could see they were admiring. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. How did that feel to you? <sighs> Yeah, I felt good. It felt really good. And it felt like finally I can be seen. Did that, and you know, I'm just curious because you know, any career takes time to build, right? Mm -hmm. You might start at entry level, then yeah. work your way up. So after that first photo shoot, how quickly was it before this actually became a career for you? Oh, Lily, takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, where you actually make money out of it yeah. or what are yeah, you saying? Yeah, exactly. I think that's oh a good gosh. way to put it. Yeah. It takes a long, yeah. even maybe even two years. Mm. Yeah. So takes... those first two years are just more pictures, more networking? <sighs> no, you're working. People. No, it's because now the agency is investing in you, mm. right? You're not making money because sure. you're getting introduced into the industry. You have to do, you know, your portfolio, like um, yeah. your, lo your, your actual um, test shoots. We call okay. them test shoots. Sure. Where you know you pay for, okay, flights to to whatever to Europe and or America and all around you know where mm -hmm. you're getting um, introduced to the industry you pay for, um, castings you know like your print your train tickets sure. cabs from the airport yeah I mean, it's a lot so it costs the agency so much by the uh -huh. time you're getting jobs it's all going 
like minus, 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 sure. minus, sure. minus, minus, which can be so discouraging, disappointing, right? Because you're seeing you're working so much and you're working for big brands, but you're not making anything. Hmm. You know, it can yeah. be very, very <sighs> demoralizing. And during also, that time, are you thinking if I just stay with it long enough, I'll start to see the payoff or, or did you have a time limit? Because I'm thinking you, you had given up a scholarship to, to university, yes. which is four years. So at least, you know, in a situation like that, you have four years to, you know, make the most of that opportunity. When so, they started modeling, what did you think? At that point was when, you know me, the way I've been like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, OK, at this point, I'm thinking. Of my next thing, where where am I going to run? I'm not making money here. I'm working so hard. And, you know, I'm traveling around the world and I'm feeling discouraged. You no, know, all this rejection. You go to this to this client, they don't want you because, oh, Ajuma, we're not looking for black girls this season. You know, all these kind of things. You know, there's all that. And, you know, it's quite a lot. I'm like, huh, I'm not quite yeah. comfortable here in this thing. Sure. So I'm already <coughs> thinking about the next step, the next thing. Okay. You know. And what was the next thing for at you? That what, point, in your okay. mind, what did you think it would be? Business. Mm. Mm. Business or school. Okay. So I was already, already, you know, even though, yes, I'm giving my time, myself time to, to break even in the industry. But at the same time, I have actually realized this is, you don't make money. It's, it's not as glamorous as people like um, put it. You don't just come and money rains on you. And um, also there's a lot of um, rejection in within the industry. When it comes to managing finances, there's nobody, it's your first time. I, mean, I, I was 18 or 19 sure. when I got in. There's nobody to advise you like once you get like maybe your big chunk of money, how to, how to manage it and all these kind of things. Hey, I was just like, okay, this yeah. is, this is very unsustainable and unstable yeah <laughs> this is unstable grounds right i need to start i was already starting to think about the way out mm -hmm. you know even mm -hmm. though i was waiting to break even which i eventually did and it was okay but then i saw as well like oh models had been had been there for so long mm -hmm. they haven't they're in their 40s and they haven't gotten children and things like this me i know i want to be a mother i'm like no that is not going to be me first of all i put that one down uh, you know, just yeah, to see how long I'm going see, to stay yeah. there. And then I'm seeing models who have phased out and they are still in the industry. They are struggling because work has become less. They are, they, are, they are struggling to, you know, financially and all these kind of things. Like, nope, that is not going to be me. So you're taking note of all <laughs> yes. these things as your modeling career is yes. building. So you're seeing all these signs, yes. kind of the writing on the wall that yes. this career can go a lot of different ways. Yes. Mm. For you, what's the point where you decide, okay, no, I'm sticking this out. What was for you the sign that, like when you didn't get on the plane two years before, when they took that first photo of you, what was the sign to you that I'm going to keep with this path? With the modeling? Yeah, with the modeling. Um, I think I made some good friends. Yeah, hmm. good friends, which I felt, okay, because there was also the loneliness that was killing me because where I grew up, I grew up in a big fam with big family, like in my home. I lived with my cousins, my aunties, and so on because my mother was more, more or less stable, the mm. stable one within the family, you know, setting our homestead. So people, she supported a lot of our family members. So I grew up having a huge family and going into Europe and being on my own was very scary. But I made a friend. I was like, okay, hmm, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. Okay, and then. Um, I found a very good um, agent, yeah, very yeah. good within my agency, which I actually never left. Where, even when they left that agency, I followed her to that agency okay. she went to yeah. because you really need, because it's so scary. Like everything is just, it's just scary because you don't know anything. You're just like, uh, what do you call it? A deer in headlights mm -hmm. in, the, in the industry. So I got a very good connection with an agent. So I felt more, more safe. Yeah. And then also jobs started rolling in. And of course, I started to break even and started actually making profit. Then I was like, okay, fine. Okay. But from what I've been experiencing, like just with when I got yeah. into now, 
I don't want to. I saw that. That is where you will go back to. You know, this is your, you start difficult and then you have the, mm-hmm. where you break even and then it goes back down again sure. to something sure. like this. And I don't think, I don't know if it rises again. I'm, I wasn't sure. I was like, no, I'm not going to wait and see that. <laughs> so I did do my thing. To the point where I was just, uh, yeah, there was there was a time I called it, okay, fine, no, this is enough. I um, stepped out. Okay. S- stepped back. What was what was that turning point for you? It was, I think it was like, you know, where I, where I grew up very grounded with very real values mm. i was very realistic i was very i mean from what i go went through i was very aware of my surrounding i think that that is mm. what made me very you know like my radar sure. was up at all time so I, I i feel like my um my upbringing actually gave me a very good foundation in yeah. order for me to make certain decisions when I got into the modeling industry, right? And made me very sensitive to certain things and energies and so on yeah. and how I felt and aware of my feeling. I mean, my my feelings and thoughts as well. So there, when did I stop? Now it, it started getting like, okay, lonely. Mm-hmm. Started getting homesick, you know? Because you're in New York, this huge city, glitz and glam. Oh, PDD's party tomorrow, Jay-Z's party the next day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's insane. It's busy. What, what, what? what? Ah, so lonely, you know? Mm. Even when I was there in that, um, in those parties and it's crazy. People are drinking whatever, whatever they're doing. <laughs> I don't want to mention. Um, I always felt disconnected and I didn't really feel like I fitted in. Mm. I felt it was very superficial. Um, these people, yes, I will go have fun, drink with you, but I'm not really benefiting anything out of this thing or being around PDD or PDD's birthday or CG, what famous person's birthday. It's like, um, I just felt like um, an object just to appear there because models were needed to, you know, to look, sure. to look some type or to make the party look even more, attract yeah. more people and things like this. I just said, nah. No, I don't fit in this um, sort of banter. It's not my thing. How old were you when you decided, I've, this was good, I'm done? Um, I think I was 24. Well, you were young still. Yes, I was 24, yeah. 25. I was like, huh, okay. I don't mind. You know, in Trukana, you know, we had that thing of also I wanted... I always wanted to be a mother, but a young mother. Okay. I start early so I can finish early and things like sure. this. So I was like, hey, okay. I heard eggs finish. <laughs> <laughs> so you were listening to your body and your brain at this point. You're like, this is not what I want. I started feeling like, hey, what if my eggs finish? I mean, because you know when you're like, when you're young, you think 30 is old. Of course. You yeah, know? Yeah. So I was like, hey, what if I reach 30 and my eggs finish? Yeah, well, you're 47, then 50 sounds old. And then you realize you're so close. Yes, I hear you. Yes, okay, I was like, so it's then- time to get off. So I, I went off, had my first son, came to Kenya established my business because now I'm feeling I'm fe- like this is the time I'm actually getting scared of my future mm, you know yeah. because at this point yes jobs have have started slowing I can I can feel the the sure the diminishing mm-hmm. of work somehow the phone calls are getting less the itinerary is getting shorter and things like this but that was just starting i was like and i'm out can i ask you a question did you at that point when the diminishing phone calls etc start to happen had the cognitive dissonance in your mind faded enough that you didn't think of that as now a new kind of bullying or disconnect but rather just this is the nature of the industry you know and you could just take it for what it was what's funny is like even when we went to, like I said, I don't know. I just had, I was so grounded Yeah. for some reason. I was just grounded. Um, maybe you can tell me why. Because you seem to be like picking <laughs> on things and, and making it like, um, and like, what do you call it? Like you switch the light on somehow inside <laughs> my brain with certain things. So I was, I always like when we went to castings and maybe we got rejected. Mm. Of course, models felt, I mean, 
not worthy, feeling loathing on themselves and, you know, depressed and I don't know, not feeling sure. good, whatever. But for me, I always like, I even told them because that is what I felt. I was like, okay, this person has a product. You know, this is their product. This is their bread and butter. They are going to do what they think mm. will work mm. for the product. Yeah. It's nothing to do with me, you know? Mm absolutely nothing to do with me if they think this coffee maybe a white person or a caribbean person you know would look better drinking it because that is their target market it's nothing yeah, to do yeah, with me yeah. you know and that is what I, I i kept explaining to the models so even when i when of course work started diminishing ah i mean or when i started feeling sure. that thing mm. i was like who no, this you is know, my exit yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah, because there's nobody here for me, my friend. <laughs> you know, I, that's what you realize even yeah. in the industry. You're there on your own. Arjuma, it's, it's amazing because your path from like the, the way you were teased and how hard it was for you at times mm -hmm. seemed to have also built up an inner strength hey, in you. Resilience. You're like, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I can Somehow. run a thousand miles Thank and you. I can mm -hmm. handle you mm -hmm. and I can also walk away. Right. That takes mm -hmm. quite a lot of, I think, and emotional I also, and strength. There, there's that, but when, of course you also have your down, you know, your weaknesses as well. There's strength in that, but there's also weaknesses. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us about the work that you're doing with the Ajuma Foundation and what inspired you to start that organization. Yeah, so what the my pillars for Ajuma Foundation is um, elevating literacy in rural Kenya with a focus on um, the pastoralist communities by provision of um, writing materials and then also uniting Kenya through the younger generation, which I will take you through very soon. But anyways, my inspiration behind, the inspiration behind Ajuma Foundation, um, I was born of a teenage mother. Um, of course, during, I mean, um, because we are very, very traditional, mm -hmm. traditional, um, girls are very, very prized. The fathers prize their girls because they are the ones who make the fathers rich. That is where their dowry comes from. Mm -hmm. That is where their wealth comes from. It's from the girl, right? So the girls are saved for marriage. Yes. Okay. My mother had me out of wedlock, mm -hmm. which was an abomination to mm -hmm. the culture. <laughs> and my family and so mm. on. So my grandfather was very upset and kicked her out of the, the home, right? She was roaming around the village and other villages as well, trying to get, get food and shelter and so on. And eventually when she had me, she was found by a Swedish family. Okay. Yeah, with a small little newborn baby. Mm. They took her in, you know, and they took care of me. They put my mother back in school. Mm. My mother, and after high school, no, they put back into, because she was 15, so they put her through high school and then they put her through college where she did social studies. She came back and started the first ever women empowerment group in Trukana. Wow. wow. Now, this women empowerment group was, um, was, was based on, of course, yes, women rights, HIV, AIDS, um and women in leadership so, uh, okay yeah. yeah now this was very foreign to this community especially the male <laughs> the male <laughs> ego was it became it was like yeah. yo like what are you doing <laughs> yeah what 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 what, what? Yeah. so anyways so my mother started off all of a sudden women are starting to to say ah like when they go and fetch water no it's too heavy the man would beat her. Like he's never heard a woman stand up to him mm. to say that the bucket is too heavy. The jerkin of water is too heavy. She would get beaten like crazy, almost to death, mm. right? Just by that. The woman will be brought, because now they know my mother is there for them and standing up for them. They would, the woman would be brought to, my ma to our home. Oh, wow. My mother would, would put her in the car, take her to, the, take her to, take her to like, um, the hospital, Plus, call the police. They see her. She would take the police car, go and pick up that man who beat her and throw him in jail. Your mom <laughs> should be on this show. <laughs> so it was like that. It happened like that. Yeah. The men, let me yeah. tell you, it caused so much chaos in the village. They used The men used to come to, with pangas to our house, to our gate, wow. saying, wanting my mother. He's, she's teaching our women bad manners, you know. All of a sudden, the woman doesn't want to have sex, mm. you know. She doesn't want to have any more children um, or even, oh, I'm tired. 
eh, and then so it was like a back and forth. They beat them. My mother throws them in jail, <laughs> like wow. that. So it was like wow. like this until now. They they it, it, it's it's sort of um they got sensitized in a way. The men they caught up to it that they, yeah. they, you actually can't do that. There's act, women actually have rights. You, women are humans. Women have choices too, right? So they caught up to it somehow, and it's it's sort of like calm down in a way but anyways out of that these um um women chiefs coming from my mother's okay. organization these women mps now coming from my mother's organization these i don't know just different sort of yeah. community leaders that have come from that particular um yeah or whatever um yeah, from her. The women friends. group, yeah. yeah so the whole place was built by women. She never hired even one man. The watchman was a woman. The You know, every single stone and rock was laid by a woman. And she continued supporting. Even till today, they support. it's only um, supporting women. Yes. So I asked you about the Juma Foundation, but you told me about your mom. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. I'm no, sorry. no, I just, I don't, I want to just appreciate that because <laughs> it's like the, your whole story of your career. There was someone, something behind you, Chase. Yes. It's like your mom's tenacity really Yo. shows up in you mm, mm, like she was my mother my mother was like a bull like a bull <laughs> yeah and i saw that yeah. as well growing up as a child so it was almost it seems like this was a natural thing to do was to yeah. create this foundation yeah so she stood she stood up to yeah men actually in a community where um what do you call it mm. men are dominant yeah, yeah amazing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so tell so us anyways, about the foundation. Yeah, what you're doing uh, under ajuma foundation we have several different projects we have the sanitary pad um, um, distribution. We, we, we try to support girls with um, sanitary pads. With we partner with other organizations as well. We um, I mentor girls, of course, like not to fall into early pregnancy. Like, look at me. There is hope. Things mm. just lined up. Faith just lined up for me. It can happen to you too. Yeah. You know things. I don't know how it happened, but it did, and it's possible for you as well. You never know what is in store for you, and then. And then also, our, since we have the, one of the biggest refugee com, um, camps within our community, yes. as a host community member, I gave a hand to the refugee camp as well when it comes to, and like, um, what do you call it, um, entrepreneurship skills. Mm. So I go and, um, what do you call it, have a um, um, skill-based program with them okay. like for a week or two where I teach them about... Um, like um, things in within my field, like makeup artistry, hairdressing, um, design, yeah. fashion, digital skills, and all these kind of things. So they're not just sitting there hand, waiting for handouts from the United mm-hmm. Nations, mm-hmm. which is just for basic items. Yeah. It is not really, I'm, I'm giving them an opportunity to, you know, um, become entrepreneurs and make more, something more um, mm-hmm. for themselves. Anyways, we, we one of our desi- the designers from our program is in Canada designing. By the way, oh, fantastic! Yeah, there were models that there was models models were identified by United Colors of Benetton in Paris and maybe different agencies in Paris. I, I even have New York agencies still looking for the girls as well right now. Yes, but anyways, Lily, let's get to this one now. Let's get to this. Yeah, what did you bring us today? So you see this now. During COVID, everybody was feeding people. And so did I. But then I was like, I feel like, you know, there's still children who sit at home because they don't have exercise books. I know and I've seen it within my community. You know, sometimes you find a child walking back home from school crying. You're like, Nini, what is wrong? She's like, she's been beaten and kicked out of the classroom because she doesn't have an exercise book book to write on. Such a cheap thing. Right. Amazing. And then the problem is with the with this um, marginalized communities, the literacy level is so low compared to the rest of Kenya. Right. Yes. They're not able when you have famine and all these kind of things, they're not able to think outside the box. Right. You need far, I mean, when you have famine, sorry, when global warming hits the, these areas, um, they're not able to think about outside the box. They can't farm. You need education. Yeah. They can't trade. You need education. So when their cattle die, they also die, mm. which is really, really sad, mm. right? So this lack of education is detrimental to our communities, mm. especially with the changing world right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So I coined education. I fundraised between my, fa- the first time I did it was 2021. Okay. I fundraised between my family and friends. When I got the funding, 
you know what I did? I Because I had already said I'm going to buy exercise books for the children. Okay. I didn't want to come to Kenya and just buy any other exercise book because they promote so much Western cultures on the cover. If you go in, into the supermarkets, you'll see our kids' books have Spider-Man, Frozen, and all these kind of sure. things. And we have our own vibrant, <laughs> yes. beautiful yes. cultures that we need to embrace. So what I decided, I started to do, I decided I'm going to create my own um, notebooks, school notebooks. And I decided to illustrate myself on the covers of the books. Fantastic. In order to get our children acquainted with our different tribes, also due to um, the tribalism within our country as well. Mm. Of course, and I feel like because we, we don't really know each other, what you don't know, you're obviously um, afraid of. So, so I go true. around the country. Um, while I'm giving out exercise books to the children to keep them in school, I'm also uniting Kenya through the younger generation. Beautiful. Yes. So, for example, this is the Masai, the Kikuyu cover. When I'm deep in Trukana, where they don't get any information from the rest of Kenya, yeah. you know, I'm able to show the children, we are many tribes in Kenya. We are 47. This is a, a tribe called Kikuyu. This is how they dress. At the back, within our map, I show the children where the Kikuyu Fantastic. people come from and also how to greet in Kikuyu. Oh, that's great. Yeah. The this next time they make a Kikuyu friend, they're able to greet them in their language. We mwega. We mwega. We mwega. Yes. Yeah, I'm Kikuyu fluent now. <laughs> mm. And then when, you know, when I'm on the other end of the thing, yeah. I'm able to show them the, the Samburu. I'm also able to educate the children about the Samburu tribe, that we are also we also have the Samburu tribe, Fantastic. equally as beautiful as yours. Yes. And we love them so much. And the Samburu people come from here, and this is how they greet. Yeah, like okay, let's that. try the greeting. We have to try the greeting for ah! this one too. No, I wish I had the Trukana mm. here. You should have. That's, oh yeah, that would have been good. But no, let's try you, Samburu. you might know. Kajua, 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 Kajua. Seriana, Seriana. Yeah, fine. That even sounds like someone's name. <laughs> I know, Sorry. right? It's Let me beautiful. see who I have here on this one. Ah! Of the Swahili people yes, yes. on this one, uh -huh. I'm Jumbo. Siyambo. <laughs> <laughs> this one was almost predictable, but fantastic. Yeah, so this is for the older children. These are beautiful. And these are for the younger children. Yeah. We go around the country quarterly. We pick a region. And then within that region, together with the stakeholders of the, of the community, mm. they pick the most vulnerable schools. No matter how far or even though they don't have a road, we will make sure, Ajuma Foundation makes sure they get to those children. Wow, amazing, yeah. mm. amazing. How many kids have you been able to get these notebooks to so 50, far? 50, Lola, 50? Oh, 60,000 children. Fantastic. Oh, with this last drive, you guys, remember I yes, told you about you it yes, in Lamu. Yes, yes. So with this last drive, we're able to fundraise for the logistics because we had the books and we, we, we had a challenge with the logistics to yes. get the books there. So we're able to fundra fundraise and get the the money for logistics and now we've gone up to 60,000 children. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yes. I think I, I mean, Ajuma, this is, <laughs> I, it feels silly to say a congratulations because really the best word is to say thank you because <sighs> really they're all of our children. Mm. They belong to us and you've taken this effort to just make sure that they have the experiences, mm. opportunities that you, mm. you've had, you know, that opportunity to capture their, their learning. In my very little small way. Yeah. Because, but that's all we can do. Mm, because you go and give out the books. The girls need dormitories, for example, in West Pokot, because the Morans are hot on these girls. They come and, you know, they, mm. they say they risk being kidnapped by Morans and made young wives and things like this. Right. Or, you know, they, you find kids can't even, they are so lethargic. They can't even, you know, sit up in the classroom because they've been starving for days. There's no food at home. There's no food in school, mm. which is so sad. And I'm going to give them a book, mm. you know, so... That is why, actually, these books are being sold in Naivas, in Ruby's shops, Great. at, um, at um, just the normal retail price, which is like, for example, the, yeah. 200, um, the 200 pages is from, let's say, it's like around 160, uh, no, 120, 160. Just the normal price that you'd yeah, be paying the normal, anyways. You'd be paying anyways so for other books. So why not buy these? So, yes. so what we do, we have, we have decided to sell these books. So the profits, we are able to like, you know, replenish the books for the children, but at the same time, you know, um, tackle those challenges like water and feeding programs, um, dormitory, dormitories, um, what do you call it? Um, sanitary pads. So this is why we would, of course, we request for Kenyans 
to choose our exercise books, especially there's back to school in January. A hundred percent. Yeah, choose our exercise books so we can we are able to continue like um supporting these children because oh my gosh, I wish when you're there, you will see how much help is needed. It's so sad and heartbreaking, mm. you know. So that's what I do actually. Yeah. I take my donors to the ground so because I'm I'm able to show them that there's more needed than just books. Exercise but you know what books. I love what you're doing yeah. is that this is very accessible to all of us. It's mm. something that we all need. Even if you don't have a student in school, yeah. it's a good notebook just to have yeah. the office, wherever. You've given us a way to get involved that yes. is accessible. So mm. thank you for that, Ajuma, because you're not asking for something extraordinary. No, you're I'm giving you something. In your day-to-day, yeah. do something practical and, and, and be a bit... Choose, all you need to do to, to help us is choose choice. our books. Naivas and Ruby stores. Mm. And then they're also books. beautiful. They are. They will also so connect your children in the different tribes of Kenya. I'm sure in the urban area, I think the disconnection is even worse yeah. <laughs> than yeah. the rural. There are yeah. disconnections for yeah. sure. Mm. Well, mm. these are fantastic ways for us to stay involved. And then also, if whoever wants to maybe not buy the exercise books, you can. There's also other channels of donation. We, we will put yeah. that all in the show notes. Yes, yes. Yeah, we have a jumafoundation.org. We have a GoFundMe page. Fantastic. We have Mpesa. Different um, channels of um, you know. You can always um, give back, give to us. And we'll make us. sure that we And become all of a that. champion for Absolutely. education. Hey. <laughs> this is a new catwalk now. The new catwalk is just here. We ask this of everybody who comes on the show, whether they are Uh-oh. Kenyan, whether they're Nigerian, mm-hmm. whether or not they are international celebrity or, you know, an average person. What is your favorite drink? My favorite drink has to be, let me think. I don't like soda. Am I supposed to be like, just like this? Yeah, you're supposed to be just like this. What's oh. your favorite drink? If someone is coming to your home, what are they going to find you drinking? Okay. Um, my favorite drink, water. Listen, mm. water is... Just water. Water is life. Yeah, just water. Seriously. <laughs> my water favorite drink is water. <laughs> if I had a choice, I would just drink water. Fantastic. Yeah. Water is life. Mm-mm. And the next question, this is a show all about joy and justice. And I have loved hearing your story today beyond actually even what I had prepared to mm-hmm. ask you in questions, you have just taken us on this <laughs> joyful journey through your life. Yes. So Ajuma, today, what is bringing you joy in your life? Me. I, I, I know I'm, uh, it's, it, I know I'm um, older and I should be wiser, but I have this thing where I'm starting to tap into self-love which is bringing me joy. I love that. Yo, it's like, it's amazing. You know, for the first time, I'm like actually considering me and it feels good. You know, I think that is where like, when I take a step back out of everything, when it's chaotic, I usually, I forget about myself and I've been forgetting, I've forgotten about myself for the, for, for a very long, many, many years. But all of a sudden, of course, I said through cognitive behavioral therapy, I've been, I've, there's that thing, there's a shift with that within me. And sometimes I, I, I can actually take a step back and, hey, Yanni, for the first time I'm feeling, I'm, I can tell myself I love myself without cringing. I love that. I love that. Ajuma. Can you that imagine? Is, no one has I said mean, that in, I don't know, 40 episodes this year. I'm saying. And I no, love but that. Lily, it's, 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 it's something yeah. amazing and incredible. It um, it's euphoric. And I'm like, okay, this is something. that This, this has been a missing link in my life yeah. for many, many years. But this is the time I'm discovering it. Like Now I'm like, where? Have I been to do this? You well, know, if this is where self-love begins for you, I am scared okay. of what is next because Ajuma, you are unstoppable. And I no, cannot but wait it's, to see it's on and off. <laughs> That's allowed, you're allowed to turn off sometimes. No, too. It's, no, it turns itself off. And then I try to scramble and look for it again. You know, it just comes in episodes, but that practice, I mean... I, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day. No, it you know, wasn't. so I've I, I've learned for many years not to love myself, and it's gonna take a long yeah. time for me to actually get there. But yeah. they, I've started the journey, and it feels amazing. The journey continues. Yes. Well, thank you for bringing your journey on Salam and Hello today. It's been 
joyful and powerful. Mm. You really made us think and reflect. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We're so grateful. And I am sure, listeners, that you have enjoyed this episode. And if you've got questions for our sister, Juma, send us a message, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, at salam and hello, salam, S-E-L-A-M, and hello. Of course, you can always email us as well, lily at salamandhello.com. And until we meet again, peace. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I don't stop, baby. You just got to hold on.